Welcome to the Jacked and Happy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Let's just start there. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. Uh, it's an honor to be in your ears and you listening to me and a guest chop it up. It's really cool. I want to talk about this guest, though, today, Dr. Matthew Zanis. He's got alphabets after his name. The guy's a genius, orthopedic specialist, strength and conditioning coach for Navy SEALs, for Olympic athletes, for regular guys, for princes. I mean, he's all over the world, literally princes from other countries. No joke. But he goes all over the world. He's a genius when it comes to movement, mobility, strength training, and all the things that go along with it. It's an awesome conversation. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Welcome to Jacked and Happy. I'm Elliot Schwartz, whiskey lover, bacon eater, real estate investor, and a big kid at heart. I'm bringing you epic conversations with everyday people doing legendary things who are just as successful as they are happy. Let's freaking go. <laughs> we got we got we got the warm-up got done and out of the way. Calisthenics, baby. I got Dr. Zanis on. Uh the guy is a legend. He's probably the most interesting man in the world. We just talked for 20 minutes about what his next venture is and his contacts all over the world. But he is um he's changed my world just with like a few movements because I had bum knees, and he is one of the most genius functional movement coaches in the entire world. And he's on this podcast right now. Thank you for joining. <laughs> oh, that was an awesome intro. That's definitely like <laughs> top of the list. I'll soak that all in. I feel that. I'll take that on. Thank you, sir. <laughs> he's also you. Thor. If you if you can't see him, he's got golden locks. He's uh, doing one arm push pull-ups and his like uh his rings behind him. I watch his stories all the time. He's a freak <laughs> in short shorts as well, because that's all also very important. Yeah, he he sourced all my power. He, he was the first to point out I needed to. Uh, I had an opportunity for growth in my legs, and I've been working <laughs> hard. To make hey, that you happen. are you are making progress. We'll be able to fill those shorts out soon enough. Man, I can't wait. <laughs> when I upgrade to short shorts, it's going to be a good day for me, dude. Hey, I will get you those three and a half inch silkies. I will buy you an entire week's worth. When that when I'm Closet ready for them, when you're ready, it's like the Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> movies when he's like prepping for the the battle for blood sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome i am so like i'm excited to do this one with you because I, I i love the name of the podcast too jacked and happy like come on what is is there any other way to live life like let's be honest dude so it was funny when i was coming up for the name Lindsay was like peppering me it's like where do you want to be where do you self see yourself being in a year and i was like listing all these things and like honestly at the end of the day i just want to be jacked and happy and she goes that's the name of your podcast i was like there it is right, let's go there it is. So there's yeah. two canned questions I start with. <clears throat> okay. One is what are you most jacked about for this year? It can it's like mm. excited. So what mm -hmm. are you most excited about for this year? It can be personal, it can be business, it can be anything. So what has you like super pumped for the year? Oh, I have to I actually give you two answers to this. Okay. And it, it's something that acceptable. we it's something that we kind of talked about earlier, but I think it, it dovetails nicely into a, a really full answer for this question. Um one personally. I did just upgrade my truck, which I'm super fucking jacked up and stoked about. And, and she's it is sexy. And she is and sexy. she is sexy. And she's jacked up as well. Right? <laughs> so, whoa. Whoa. You see that one? <laughs> yeah. Well done. 
So I did just, I'm going to say invest in a, uh, a Raptor. It's been a, a dream truck of mine for, for a while now. And it was one of those things where, uh, where I'm going with my business and up-leveling um, the clientele that I'm working with. And I think the direction that I'm going in, I needed to up-level my personal game as well. And that mm. being the truck, it was kind of like this nice trajectory shift for me because, and, and you've seen my old, my old Tacoma, I had a, had a beat up 2012 Tacoma, two wheel drive. Like she got the job done. Taco was great, uh, but she wasn't, she wasn't really sexy. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm. Um, and so that it kind of represented the old version of me. And this new truck is, is essentially a, a great token, a symbol of me up leveling, moving into this next phase of my life and, and really um, pushing forward on the business side of things and really stepping into, I think, who I am growing, like who I want to be, right? Mm. And because <clears throat> the clientele that I'm working with are a lot of high-level international shooting athletes and princes and sultans and princesses. And it's it's kind of surreal uh, as well. And uh, from uh, the business stuff here domestically in the States, I'm, I'm building out uh, a brand new shooting program online. So it's going to be called Precision. It's a shooting athlete development program. And it's really all about me trying to to give these tactical and shooting athletes community uh, like a hub to come to and really kind of deliver um, a lot of the a lot of the information that I work with these clients on privately, but deliver to the masses. Mm. Uh, so a lot of a lot of cool things happen. That's what I'm really, really stoked about. Those are two amazing things, by the way. But I think it's um <clears throat> I think there's a lot of wisdom. And I noticed this too when I bought my truck a year ago. It's like mm -hmm. the feeling I got and who I was showing up as, like getting into that car that like it's like, it's almost yeah. like a, a worthiness right and it's not it's, it's, yeah. it's different from like a material possession it's like the feeling you get from investing in yourself and something that you've earned right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know, it's, it's been an interesting twist for me well yeah, absolutely no it, it, mm -hmm. you're 100 spot on with that too because the the feeling like i let's put let's be honest with i'll be honest with you like the the embarrassment that i had <laughs> In that truck because like she was running fine but like the interior was kind of going away like it was degrading and uh getting these little bumps and scratches all over it and uh then right before i, I bought this raptor i was at a i was at a valet kendall and i went out for dinner and uh at the valet somebody backed up another car into the truck and i'm like Really? <laughs> it's on. like I'm not even here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not even here, right? And so I, I really didn't feel like it it matched one, my personality, mm. uh, but then two, who, who I wanted other people to perceive me as mm. as well. Like there was a disconnect. It was mm. it was incongruent. It, was, it felt like out of integrity. And you're right, it's a totally different feeling when I step into this truck. It's like I, I kind of melt into it and it becomes part of me and who I am. And it's like, you know, I don't think that ego is a bad thing. I think mm. that there is, you could use it, you can harness that energy for good. And it does. I, I like, I'll be honest with you. It's given me more energy. I feel like I'm more focused and more determined maybe because I'm having a higher car payment now, but I can take that guy yeah, on the client. Yeah, take, no problem. Take, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it kind of lights a fire under my ass too, mm. of like stepping into this new version of myself. Cause I want to be able to fulfill uh, now this, this new version everybody's perceiving me as like being in that truck so it's kind of cool dude you're living into your best version of yourself man and that's what yes. it's all about and i and it's, it's not like you just went out and got it willy-nilly mm -hmm. like you this has been a goal mm -hmm. for a while you worked up to yep. it yep um and i think it's a really cool chapter for you man i'm excited yeah. i'm excited oh, to see those you. locks flowing out of the freaking <laughs> going over uh, off-roading and just hair oh, everywhere it's God. gonna be great
Now there is no sunroof, but we can put those windows down. That'd be nice. <laughs> kind of blowing in the wind. <laughs> okay. So second question is okay. kind of related to this because I know that truck makes you happy, but what is your definition of happiness? Ooh, wow. Okay. So for me, I think that a lot of my a lot of my happiness comes in uh, my purpose, mm. right? So, you know, we, we kind of touched on this with material possessions with like a truck and stuff that you can find happiness in those of what you, you buy yourself and, and uh, you know, kind of those material possessions. I think that they fade away over time, but a lot of men, right. We're very, we're supposed to be very purpose-driven. That's part of our, our masculine trait. And I think if you don't have a purpose, you're going to have a really hard time feeling fulfilled in life. And yes. that's something with me, like, you know, the jacked and happy podcast, like I'm, I'm muscular, I'm jacked. I like that part of myself. Uh, I'm not going to lie, but yes. also the happiness, the happiness piece. Um, I work hard for that too, Elliot, you know, absolutely. But the happiness, the happiness piece, like when people are around me, they, they can feel that purpose and that passion and that energy. And it's because I'm doing what I, I know I'm put on this earth to do. And I do garner a lot of energy from it. Because uh, my purpose is to really overhaul the way people view physical therapy. And then along the same lines as the medical system, I think it's broken. And I want to be able to really interject a, a, a philosophy that starts to shift the trajectory. And that really helps other people. Mm -hmm. um, I know that kind of sounds really cliche uh, to have you know, your happiness derived from others, but it, it's really not that like, this isn't work for me. It's a, it is a per habit. Uh, sorry. It is a, a passion is a purpose for me. And that's what gets me up every day. That's what gives me all the, the energy to, to go out and do what I want to do. And there's not a day that goes by where I'm like feeling you know, depressed about it. Like, oh shit, I'm in the wrong job. Or, you know, I, I wanted to do this, but now I'm doing that. Cause, um, I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm in stride now with who I am. So it's pretty cool. Dude, I don't think that's cliche at all. And I think that um, <clears throat> I get to hear a lot of people's answers around happiness, mm -hmm. which is really cool. A lot of people I respect. And um, a lot of them, purpose, service, you know, mm -hmm. mission-driven. And I think there is really something to that of, of, of serving other people and delivering value to the world. I think that, you know, happiness yeah. is a kind of a superficial word in a way. Sure. But fulfillment and purpose, these are very the very deep words that hold mm -hmm. a lot of weight. And I think I really do believe that we are wired and put on this earth to make a positive impact for the earth and for people around mm -hmm. us. And, um, I, I love your answer and it's, um, it's very apparent in your mission and how you show up for other people, mm -hmm. the events you put on the, the thoughtfulness and the training. I mean, you just get a group of guys out for an hour at your house and you, you thoroughly put together like a world-class training and mm -hmm. um, you can tell it was not like half-assed around around. Like you thought about it, you facilitated everybody, got everyone in the right mindset, you created community. Like you're really living out that purpose and it's apparent and it's mm -hmm. magnetic. It's, it's mm -hmm. really cool to see from oh, the outside. Thank you. Yeah, man. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I live my life by this this quote. So I, I play guitar, so I'm big into the music and everything like that. And Bob Marley, like I like reggae. It's not like my go-to music, but I do like that that genre from time to time. Yeah. And he has he has one of my favorite lines that some people are so poor that all they have is money. Oh. And it's like that should resonate with with everyone too, because especially in, in our mm. space of the entrepreneur world and yes. you know, high achievers and go-getters and type A personalities, we can kind of get wrapped around the axle 
yes. of doing more for the sake of making more money. Mm. Uh, but it's that's not true. Like the the doing more part for me, I know you're the same way too, is to facilitate that happiness. Yes. Which is such a better place to work from. <laughs> and freedom and opportunity freedom, and yep. for your family, for your others, yeah. like for sure. And um, I love your perspective on that because it's not a bad money mindset. It's not that you're saying no. money is mm. bad. You're saying mm. money is bad if that's the only thing driving you and you're just yes. doing it for the incessant need to have more of it, more and more and more. And there's no actual purpose behind why mm -hmm. you're having more or why you're yeah. trying to achieve more. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, because I think that if you do go down that line of only trying to achieve more money, eventually that's going to lead to a dead end, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know what? People say all the time that money can buy happiness. Well, <laughs> I think to an extent, right? And I think you're you're 100% right where, you know, the, the money piece can facilitate some of your your goals, but then, you know, what's the intention behind them? Right. Like, like the whole truck scenario, it's not just about having a, a Raptor truck. It's like, what does that represent? Yeah. What does that give me? What does that, what does that help me now achieve more of to help more people? Right. Yeah. And I feel like if you're living in the, so me and Lindsay have been like really big in Joe Dispenza right now. Mm, great and book. Uh, I love his book. Becoming Supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. But we're just like, on paper, we've invested a ton and we're like all in. I, you know, I don't have an mm -hmm. income from my job. So I quit that six months ago. And so on paper, <laughs> it could be a very stressful time. Yeah. We have never yeah. felt happier and more abundant and just knowing like the direction we're going. And I feel like when we get to nine zeros or eight zeros or seven zeros one day, right. Then all our, mm -hmm. everything's working out. And, you know, 40 years down the road, it's like, oh my God, yep. we changed the financial trajectory of our family. The feeling we have now is more important than the end result of changing the trajectory because it, it, it's it's what will actually change the trajectory of our family is that feeling of abundance. Yeah. And you're essentially, you're laying the groundwork down now. Right. As well. Uh, and that's what's going to be able to, to set the foundation for you know, generational wealth, right? But how about generational health mm. as well? I think that's, that's vitally important. Um, I think people forget about that. Cause you know, I, I look back to, uh, this was a number of years ago now, I've been three or four years ago where a, a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Kyle Depius had a little, a get together, a dinner, uh, up at the Western Kierland here in Phoenix, or actually Scottsdale. And one of the things he asked, I'll never forget it is, you know, on your, on your journey to becoming who you are as a entrepreneur, as an executive, you know, what is the one thing that you regret about the process? And I shit you not, every single man in that room really regretted sacrificing their health Ooh. to get to where they were financially Ooh. in some way, shape, or form. Yep. And I sat back and I was listening to that and I'm like, huh, that's a really, really profound common thread to be tied between every single person here. I think there was like 15, 16 of us in that room. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like the, for, especially from the health standpoint, for me, like that's been the driving force. That is the one constant that I have never um, allowed to slip from my lifestyle. And so it really got me thinking, I'm like, well, what, what is, what does that process look like? I got, what are the questions kind of going through your head of, or the justifications and validations being made of like, well, 
I can skip this workout today, or, yeah. you know, I don't really need to go on that run or, yeah, it's just a six pack of beer. I could do that three, four nights a week. It's not that I can make that big of a deal or, you know, it's, it's recreational. We're just going out for dinner. I could have a couple of drinks here and there. It really does start to, to impact things because, you know, um, for me anyway, that the working out is a non-negotiable mm-hmm. for me. It, it happens first thing every single morning uh, because it really sets the tone for my day one of accomplishing something really difficult, like workouts that I put myself through are not necessarily easiest, even if I'm trying to complete my project balls to the floor and work into the middle splits. Like I may, may not look <laughs> like I'm doing much in those positions, but it sucks yeah. really bad. <laughs> yeah, Like when you're down there, two inches from the ground and you're holding that for 90 seconds, two, three minutes at a time. I've actually made myself nauseous oh my before. God. Like you ever get like when you work out really hard and you kind of get like lightheaded and dizzy and you feel like you're going to throw up because you exerted yourself so much, like a Metcon, like a CrossFit workout or something like that. Yep. Or doing like really hard intervals on a rower and a salt bike that the, the devil's machinery. Yeah. Um, that's what I felt in the middle splits too, but <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> anyway, man. Uh, yeah yeah I, but i would it, not it, have guessed that that's interesting oh, this dude, is so taxing on your body holding that for that it, long that makes sense yeah those isometrics yeah it's um i think isometrics from a, a working out standpoint are really underrated and underutilized mm. as well as especially as a as a doing something hard <laughs> type of a paradigm within mentally the, the and training. physically right and, yeah. right well it's kind of a it's kind of a mind fuck though too because you think that because you're not actively moving your body that you're not getting much done, but it teaches a lot of joint control. Like you, you can really work on the health of your joints by hitting these end range isometrics and holding those positions. It teaches, all, teaches a lot of stability and security. Mm. Um, and it's actually really great at releasing uh, a lot of these feel-good hormones in the body that re- helps reduce pain at the same time. So it, it's great for people who have been dealing with like chronic issues because I didn't think we're gonna go down this path, but uh, when it comes to all the pain stuff, like it's really all just about teaching safety and security to the brain, right? Uh, and which is which is kind of interesting as as well because when you think about like relationships, it's the same thing. Like, do you feel safe and secure in your relationship? Oh my yes god, yes or no. If not, it's probably gonna cause Holy some problems, shit, dude. Right? There's a lot of right now. <laughs> it's a lot of a lot of parallels uh, to that. Uh, so you know, doing something hard, putting yourself into these uncomfortable positions it really facilitates and fosters a lot of growth, um, not, not not just physically, uh, but also physiologically inside the body with your hormonal profile, but then also psychologically and mentally. Because mm. I look at it this way, like, and you know full well being an entrepreneur that each day is not easy. Like it's fucking difficult. Yeah. And there's a lot of stressors that come about. Yep. And I think that if you if you prioritize and invest time into doing something difficult and hard, like in a gym setting in a controlled environment, you teach your nervous system how to handle all that other ancillary bullshit out in your business life. And also in relationships too, because you think about it, you get, uh, maybe you get into an argument with your wife or your, your partner or husband, anything these days, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you get into an argument or you get into a little riff, like, can you actually breathe? One, can you, are you aware of your breath, right? Can you actually control your emotions in that moment? Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, holding a split position for two minutes teaches a lot of, like, if you're not breathing, your nervous is going to freak out and you're going to want to get out of it. You're going to want to eject the same thing that's going to happen. If you mm. get into an argument with somebody, 
you're going to want to eject and and who knows, like everybody's a little bit different in how they respond to that type of stuff. Like, are you going to withdraw? Are you going to stonewall? You're going to leave the room or are you going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum and become violent for some or emotionally, you know, erupt like a volcano and take the, take the argument down a negative path because of all the uncontrolled emotions. Right. And so Mm. I think, working on that stressful situation inside the gym and purposely putting yourself into those positions. And it doesn't need to be isometrics with that stuff. It's just a really great tool, but it could be doing anything hard, like a, even a, even a set to failure of bicep curls, right? Totally, can you actually, can, can you actually withstand the amount of lactic acid buildup and fatigue that's happening in your arms? Right. But then think about the, the other part about this too. When you get done with it, how good does it feel? There's no better feeling. There's no better feeling. Like you got all the dopamine released. You got a big old pump in your biceps. Now you're filling out your sleeves, at least temporarily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, at least 20, can, 30 minutes, you know. <laughs> and you can walk around confident. Like there's mm. there's so many benefits to it. And then you you tie that into the, you know, into the entrepreneurial space. Like and I think Chris Harder was actually talking about this you know, during that dinner that we had um, where having the confidence to sit into a meeting or having the confidence to ask for a higher price point on your service or your product, it takes a lot of balls, but how do you develop that confidence? Right. A lot of it's not really a, a teachable skill. I believe some of it is, you know, we're genetically born with it. It's like innate and in, in kind of how we were brought up and how we watched our parents handle conflict and, and get put into these types of situations. Mm. But for me, like I still vividly remember my dad was, was not like a very outwardly confident individual. Like he didn't, necessarily put himself into these situations where he knew it was going to be conflict. But when it came, came to it and he found himself in that situation, he handled it really, really well. And it was because my, one of my earliest memories of him is actually going to the gym. This like old grungy, no windows in the basement of like backwoods, Pennsylvania, like just like rusted iron everywhere. And one of those earliest memories is like me. I remember myself climbing around on all the equipment, like specifically, like, you know, that decline bench, you can do like sit-ups on that. Yeah. And I can still remember it's like this old gross teal blue yeah. with like the rusted beams and stuff. And then my dad banging out squats. Like I could still visualize that. I was probably like three years old, but that set the stage. And I like, I watched him work really, really hard and prioritize his health, even with kids. And oh. like, that's, that was just like ingrained in me from the get-go, which makes sense of kind of like who I am right now it makes sense that i'd be going down uh that path is kind of how i was brought up with that stuff anyway that was like a really long side tangent rant <laughs> it was good though dude it's so good and and i really i mean obviously i believe in it too because i i don't miss gym days either and it's my identity and yeah and it, it my lifting path hasn't been perfect and i'm not super knowledgeable on lifting in the body and not nearly as you right so mm-hmm. um and i've learned to Oh wow, I, like functional movements are really important and I threw out my back a couple times and then I came to you for help and so it's like <clears throat> it's interesting how but at the end of the day I like who I am. I'm confident in who I am because I've worked mm-hmm. my entire life on working out and mm-hmm. and I it's it's my identity and there's always different levels of growth and I think like to sh- like you're an expert in this and in the areas where you're not an expert, you go and you seek advice and you get into mentorship mm-hmm. around business or however you're trying mm-hmm. to scale or new yeah. things you're learning. And so for, for men, I think it's so important to like fast track success is to find those people mm-hmm. who can, 
who can like really give you insight into how best to do something. And it's okay mm -hmm. to start imperfect too and work your yep. way up. And I think yeah. like, I think that really has so many people stop and like give up on their health journey for like these CEOs, right? It's like, they're, they're always the best at something. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so ego is a great thing. It got them to where they are in business, but absolutely, it's a double-edged sword where they're like, oh, I suck at this. Um, yeah, I could skip today. What's the, what's the big deal? Mm -hmm. Well, how many people, how many people talk about learning from failures, but don't apply that to their own physical being? Mm. right it's interesting oh my god because you, you like you brought up you brought up how like you threw your back out a few times um then you came to me for help and you know how that process went it was more so about having you explore and figure out how your body operates because yep. i mean i i think i'm a big dude but you're a lot bigger than me and so like our <laughs> limb lengths and everything are totally different which changes the way that you move it's not going to be the same as mine right so i can't i can't actually give you specific direction because i'm not you like you have mm. to figure it out on your own. Uh, my main goal is just to be able to impart a stimulus and help you discover how to move your body in the best way possible. Process called self-organization. So if you notice, I gave you point A, gave you point B, and I'm like, all right, Elliot, go figure out how to get from point A to point B now. Yeah. And then we we fine tune things right along yeah. the way. That's that's the whole process of movement discovery, which is super super cool. Uh, but along that along that process, along that way, that path, you failed a lot, which is which is good. And I think that you know. A lot of people do fail in in business scenarios a lot, and they do learn from that. But when it comes to the human body, we somehow find ourselves in a place where we think that like we're doing something catastrophically wrong mm. because of that because of the immediate pain response from it, um, which is interesting. Because yes, you can experience pain from like actual tissue damage, like if you blow out a meniscus and you're black and blue and swollen in the knee, might elicit some pain there, right? But it's not yep. it's not a hundred percent certain like how many times have you woken up with bruises on your body like how'd that get there all the time right all the time right so you you experience tissue damage but you weren't in any pain see and so you can mm. you can also experience pain from the threat of petition potential tissue damage meaning you're moving yourself in a way that your brain perceives as a threat to your body so it will now send out all these signals of pain discomfort tightness as a as an insecurity essentially to prevent you from going going into these patterns that you could potentially hurt yourself in. Mm. And that's actually what we see a lot of men predominantly is 80 to 90 percent of them really don't have any tissue damage going on. So especially when we, we focus it on the low back, which is a really common area. Yep. Uh there's just that there's that that threat perception that's there. So there's a lack of confidence, there's lots of lack of safety, safety, lack of security uh going on. And with that, we have to be able to fail because it's the only way that you're going to learn to develop it, right? When you figure out you can get into these positions now without any pain, or you can you can move through maybe some discomfort and then you feel better afterwards. Like, oh shit, now I'm motivated. Now I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And that's how you move through these these painful areas with chronic pain scenarios. Uh, but going back to the failure piece, uh, that's why I believe I got so good at what I do now because I fucked myself up a lot. A lot over the years, um, being a baseball player for a long time, I've had my right mm. shoulder operated on. I experienced all kinds of plantar fasciitis issues in the feet and uh, meniscus injuries in the knee and chronic repetitive low back pain. I think I would blow up my back like every two to three months wow. until I started figuring out my own limitation, but they all served a purpose, right? And it was all a way for me to learn about my own body and figure out how to help myself so I could help others. And guess what? 
they never fucking stop. Like, yeah, <laughs> they're still coming about. Like when I was in, uh, I was in Croatia in October of this past year with my Olympic teams and the hotel that we went to didn't have a gym. Well, at least they did online. They said they had a gym online. Then we got there. I went to the 14th floor where we we're supposed to be. And they're like, Oh no, sorry. We turned it into a cosmetic studio. <laughs> we can give you a facial. <laughs> I'm like, ah, shit. I'm like, I'm here for 21 days. I'm not going to have a gym. Uh, so I was, I was working uh, on my split stuff just in the hotel room. And like, I got to set the stage for you here, Elliot. Oh I was my by myself. Yeah. Okay, nobody there. Oh God. I didn't even have a camera on videoing myself. And I got into a middle split position. I was feeling really good and like got a little cocky and went to do this like most muscular pose <laughs> in the bottom of this squat, uh, the, the middle split. And I lost control of my right hip. Okay. So when you're in the middle splits, your, your hips are supposed to be externally rotated and like driving out in the bottom position. Yeah. And my right hip went and lost it into internal rotation, which ended up tearing my piriformis muscle. So if anybody knows what a piriformis is, like piriformis syndrome, it kind of feels like sciatica, like really mm. terrible, like pain down the leg and everything like that. I had no problem with tearing the muscle. Totally cool. I know that heals. However, the inflammation from the tear put pressure on my sciatic nerve. <laughs> so now I have the and the fucking PT walking around with my athletes limping because I can't feel my foot. It's numb and I can't push off my big toe because I got no function out of the foot and the ankle. <laughs> and of course it's like, all right, what lesson am I going to learn here today? <laughs> like full blown John claude Van Damme between the semis, yeah. total splits. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then yoink. Yoink. Oh God. My God, like, dude. All right. Well, don't get cocky. That was a nice little uh, a shot to the ego to bring me back down to earth a bit. Um, but it made me aware of that moment that maybe my right hip wasn't quite up to par where it needed to be. And then there were some other things that I could do to implement to get that better. So. I'm getting so much from this. And it's like, you hear so many people talking about upper limits on mindset, right? When they're pushing for a big goal and that about, like they'll get negative self-talk or self-doubt will creep in. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, and then you get people more successful and you're like, oh yeah, that never goes away. Your problems are bigger. Your demons will get even smarter and they'll try to sneak in. He's like, it's a, it's a constant fight. Same thing mm -hmm. with the body. Like, even if you're experiencing growth in functional or you're, you're just a top tier athlete, there's always going to be, no one's playing without pain. LeBron James isn't playing without pain. Like, you know, it's like all these jujitsu champions, they're going in the fights with like, oh yeah, I have a torn ACL. I have a broken finger. There, there's always mm -hmm. something going on with the body. And, um, it's just, it's just a testament to how resilient we are and how We're like, it's, a, it's like an ever ending process of, of health. Yeah, we're we're very very resilient, adaptable human beings. So like, um, and that's where part of part of the process is is education, right? Because we feel like we could be broken so easily and we're fragile, but that's just it's just not what the the body experiences. Like, mm. um, all and, and quite honestly, like here's the thing: there's as you know, there's no really there's no fast track, so to speak, towards wealth and success. It's a long game. It's a long yeah. con, right? Yeah, it takes a long time to get there. Uh, if you do it right. And the same thing with the human body, there's really no quick fix to anything. Mm. Like I can't, I can't make you look like Chris Hemsworth in the Thor movies in six to eight weeks. It's just not possible. Right. No. Not going to happen. I, I can't take away your pain right away either. It's, it just doesn't work like that. Now there are things that we could do to mask it, which I, I think in this country um, in particular, just from having experiences with other nations around the world and other cultures, I think in this country, we do try to take away pain way too quickly. 
because it's uncomfortable. And I think we've lost the ability to sit with that pain, sit with that discomfort and actually learn from it Yep. as well. And be like, oh, what is it? What, what can I do to take this away today? Like how much cupping and massage and dry needling and manipulations do I need to take this away today? Yeah. Um, but we're, what we're doing is we're missing the, the learning moment from it. Like what is our body telling us? It's information. So how are we moving ourselves that is not okay with our nervous system right now or with mm. our body? Are we putting too much stress in these areas? Uh, and then what about the psychosomatic response? Because a lot of the low back issues that we see in men and women is actually driven by the brain, right? That We're changed having... my life when you told me that. And I, I grasped mm -hmm. that concept because I don't yeah. have much back pain at all anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and that's going to, yeah, go ahead. And that's going to, that's going to continue uh, to evolve as well, the more and more that you stick to the process and have that, and have that mindset. Cause, uh, we can, a lot of men in particular, uh, will hold their, their stress in that low back and especially like one side at low back, one side at hip issues. Uh, we tend to, to put it there because we're, we're holding in energy, so to speak. Mm. And that's where, that's where we store it. So you could have a lot of these pain presentations that really have nothing to do with anything physical that you're doing, you're just holding on to pain, grief, anger, resentment, sadness, you name the emotion and we're storing it in the low back. That makes sense. It does. It's kind of, it's a foreign concept for a lot it's of a people. Very far, I think, I yeah. think people who aren't in tune with their body probably won't believe that. Right. Well, that's, you bring up a really, really cool part too, is this, this attunement. Okay. Mm -hmm. This attunement piece where I think, you know, especially in our world too, we, we do put the blinders on a lot. And we put our head down and we work, 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 work. And a lot of what we do is very cerebral. Okay. It's mm -hmm. very much in our head. Uh, we leave the body out of it and we stop feeling our body. Mm -hmm. And then when something shows up or like, this isn't right, this isn't normal, but you really don't really know, even know what normal is, mm -hmm. right? Cause you haven't taken awareness of what's going on inside your body at all, or how it's supposed to feel good or right? how it's supposed to move. Yep. And we, we, we kind of, we neglect that aspect about it. And so, you know, one of the major tenets of my movement philosophy, which you experience is slowing you the fuck down. Right. I make you slow down. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of that is the tuning into what you're feeling. Like if you mm. remember there were, there's one common question that I'd ask you after you did a movement or during it is to tell me about your feelings. Let's talk about <laughs> your feelings. Right. Yep. And it's kind of like a funny play on words and everything, but it's true. It's like, what did you feel during that movement? Right. Where did you feel the stress being placed? Where was the pressure in your feet? Did you feel any tension in your low back? What was going through your head? What was your breath doing? Were you holding it? Because if you're holding it, it's probably a stress response, right? You're probably mm. really uncomfortable there too. Uh, and so teaching people to feel into, you know, more of the heart space, more of the gut space, more of the sex center, it really does allow them to unlock a lot of potential because we take the, the stress out of our, the area between our ears inside the brain and we stop over analyzing everything we stop overthinking our movement movement should be smooth movement should be efficient right we shouldn't be overthinking it because that's quite honestly when one performance degrades uh but two that's where an injury happens mm. so injury predominantly happens at these end ranges right where yep our brain isn't comfortable we're not comfortable the tissues can't really handle uh that stress there and if we're moving fast at it it's kind of game over, but the biggest piece is hesitation, right? Mm. So this is one of the biggest issues of, with athletes coming back uh, from injury, especially in high-level sports. They don't feel confident in their, in their body. They don't trust their body anymore. And when you start to hesitate on the field, that's when you re-tear ACLs. 
Mm-hmm. Right? That's when you've sprained ankles because you're you're just trying to overthink and you're slowing the movement down instead of allowing your body to naturally move and feel into it the way it's supposed to. Man, you're getting a <laughs> glimpse. People are listening are getting a glimpse into what it's what it's like to train a world class Olympic athlete. And they're <clears throat> the range of motions, the smoothness, the efficiency is a difference between a gold medal and not shit going home empty handed, right? <laughs> I mean, really, and it's it's a tiny little line of performance that mm-hmm. like separates the best. And so, like nope. it, it's interesting, even from a skeet shooting perspective, like these little minute mm-hmm. hip thrust, like hip mobility and stuff that you're working on, like I can only imagine like the little changes that may that you have to tweak in in the the body response the subconscious body response from mind body connection is like probably just mm-hmm. insane and uh, mm-hmm. just for like just for the average guy who's just trying to solve back pain it's the same thing dude and i remember you like having pushed me through my thresholds um of, of movements to to like and my back would like zing and it's it was literally a defense mechanism it wasn't actually hurt it was just mm. like oh i want to actually prevent you from being hurt because this is the normal range of motion that you're doing and it's such a it's such a cool concept mm-hmm. yeah and you bring up a really interesting point with that too because i don't know if, if people aren't familiar with the olympic shooting athletes that i work with uh <laughs> when i came into that scene uh, and into that realm they didn't really consider shooting athletes athletes which is fascinating to me considering they have to shoot two targets and they're 1.7 seconds. Like there's a one, a lot of hand-eye coordination going on, oh, but two, yeah. actually a lot of movement happening um, to move that gun efficiently as well. Cause like if you, if you're too handsy with it and you're only moving it in the upper body, you're not going to be efficient with it. Like you have to coordinate and integrate the whole entire body. Mm. And, you know, we, we've joked about this before. My, like my specialty is in the feet. Like I like working from the ground up hashtag low key foot fetish. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> and it's true. Literally, he there, had me in my socks. I I only lift yeah. with my in my socks now. By the way, <laughs> for legs, it's freaking true. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. And I'm pretty sure some of those photos and videos I took of your feet are on the OnlyFans page now too. Um, <laughs> Do I get royalties eventually? Or? Yeah, we could. We'll see eventually when it <laughs> you know when people, enough people start buying it. Uh, <laughs> but it, but it's true. Like our feet are the only contact point with the ground, so it makes logical sense that they are dictating all the movements happening up the rest of the chain. They're transferring all the energy. They're telling the knees what to do. They're telling the hips and the pelvis what to do. They're telling the low back what to do, which then tells the upper body what to do. And like, I'll never forget, like a lot of the athletes when it came, came into USA shooting, they're dealing with a lot of low back pain, a lot of shoulder pain, a lot of neck pain. And the only thing that I was working on with them is their feet because when they shoot, they're standing in one spot. <laughs> like They're not actually changing direction or doing anything like that. So all the movement literally is being dictated from those feet in that one position. Mm. And all we did was get them barefoot, had them start feeling into their body, but in this case, feeling into their feet, understanding where the pressure was, understanding how to move their feet to go through the ranges of pronation and supination, and then actually direct that into the knees and the hips to move the gun. And all of a sudden we see the rates of chronic pain and injury decrease by 80%. Wow. It was, it was wild with just that one little itty bitty small input of working on the feet. We didn't have to change anything else up the chain, right? We just and had to work on let's that bottom it down piece for and cascade effect. Yeah. Let's dumb it down for people. So if you're standing in one spot and Xanis mm-hmm. t- taught me 
you know, you, your big toe, your pinky, your heel all need really good contact with the ground. So like a, a firm plant, but if you're standing in one spot and you're on your toes or you're on your heels and you're not getting the foot, like all angles of your foot, like a good solid base onto the ground, mm -hmm. um, you're putting at like unneeded stress throughout your body. And it's something like as an athlete running my whole freaking life, I was never, ever taught anything about foot placement, how my foot is contacting the ground, anything like that. <laughs> And so for people, when he's, when he's talking about building from the base up, that's really like, yeah. his, that's his foundational, like, um, genius is, is getting people to realize and have a connection with their, their state stability and their foot mm -hmm. on the ground. Am I interpreting yeah. that right? Is that a good? No, no. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, because you bring up an interesting point of like running and moving and not having any awareness of what's going to be like, we take it for granted. Mm. I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've worked with people and I started making them, you know, programs and they're like, yeah, I just decided to go for like a two mile jog and my back started hurting. Like, well, running is a very complex movement pattern. <laughs> it's not just something that we we're all innately good at doing. Mm -hmm. uh, it is something that has to be learned, right? Uh, and because you, wherever you put pressure through the feet is going to impact the stress or the load disbursement up the rest of the chain. So a really, really easy example is uh, because of the shoe wear that people are in, it's, they're kind of like, moon shoes like they're very cushiony uh and we don't actually experience the sensation of the ground mm. uh and what that does is it kind of shuts down the foot and the foot doesn't have to work anymore because it's, it's like oh well it's on pillows right so that the shoe's taking up all the all the support of the foot and that weakens the foot okay and then all those muscles inside the feet will actually atrophy as well and what you'll see is like if you want to feel really bad about yourself you take your shoes off right now like i, I, swear, I swear to god for people that are sedentary individuals, like they don't actually have a, a movement practice, so to speak, sit at a desk all day long, take their shoes off. I swear to you, it's ghostly white. There's no blood flow and you can't see any veins versus somebody who is actually using their feet correctly. Even if you're not, so even if you're not used to training barefoot and you're in shoes, but you're active, like let's just say you're one of my Ironman athletes that I work with. You're going to have some muscular development in there. You're going to have some blood flow, but then you compare those people to the people like myself. Like I'm standing here barefoot right now. I'm always, always working on something, right? Yeah. Look at my foot even compared to those. There's so much more like muscular definition, way more veins. And there's like actually color to them. And that's a really good diagnostic of like, Hey, I'm actually using my feet or are they just pegs? Right. Wow. It's, it's fascinating. And well, I'll tell you the, <laughs> the funniest things is like, you know, I'm a pretty muscular guy and I take a lot of pride in that. We work hard for it and everything. And, you know, you get compliments. Of, oh, like, hey, you got a nice back or all your biceps are big, good arms. When I started getting compliments on how muscular my feet were, I knew I made it. I'm like, oh, your feet are jacked. That is awesome. <laughs> Dude, have you seen those pictures of the people who have lived barefoot and like in the jungle and their toes yeah. like spread out and like are actually like almost like hands? Like hands. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. how our, our feet are meant to be. That's how we're supposed to develop. Um, and there's a, <laughs> it's so sad, Elliot, because, you know, this goes back to our whole conversation about pain and, and not wanting to sit with that discomfort and everything too. Like, if you think about this, and this is human nature, we want to be comfortable, but we've essentially cushioned every single area of our life, mm, right? We have mm. cushions for our asses when we sit down. We have cushions for underneath our head and our back when we lay down at night to go to bed. We have cushions under our feet. We are very much pressure void of anything, right? And so here's the irony. Here's another light bulb moment for you. What's the one thing we do when we're in pain? 
we want to go and add pressure into the system via massage and, and manipulations and adjustments or cupping or needle. It's just an extra stimulus, extra pressure. But what if we just exposed our body to pressure throughout the day, right? We can get ahead of the system. We won't need that stuff. And that's the whole entire, that's like, that is the basis of, of my philosophy. Like, yeah, that stuff's great as a temporary bandaid, open up a window of opportunity to help you move better. But if you don't ever move better, you don't ever add stress into the system and where you need it, you're going to keep running into the same problems. Woo. That's freaking good, dude. And I, so there's a book out there called the comfort crisis and I haven't read it yet, but it's on my, on my hit list. Heard of this too. Yeah. I haven't read it and, either, but it's on my radar for sure. Yeah. And, um, what I've been told is it's a very similar philosophy. Like we, <clears throat> we've added too much padding to our life where, you know, it's not normal to push your body to the limit. It's not normal to push your mind to the mm -hmm. limit. It's not normal, you know, mm -hmm. like, Oh, don't, don't just stay in your comfort zone. It's like the juice is outside of the comfort zone in all areas, especially working out and, and functional movement and a healthy life in general. Mm -hmm. Like you have to get yourself uncomfortable and you have to do it almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise you become complacent and complacent is then going to breed mediocrity. And I don't know anybody that really wants to live medi a mediocre life, but <laughs> do you, do you find it hard? Do you find it hard to push? I mean, because you've been in this world for so long, do you find it hard to push yourself to that point? Are you already, is it pretty, still pretty easy every day? Mm, it's not easy. I'm still human. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days where I wake, I wake up and I'm like, ah, I really don't want to do a damn thing today. Yeah. Right. However, I think there's, yeah, yeah. And that, that's normal. Um, and I think that there is a fine line there because you, you need to become aware and listen to your body for sure. Like if you're feeling stressed out, like if you are aware of other stressors in your life, like maybe you got a, a big deal you're trying to close, or maybe you're kind of in an argument with your partner, uh, or you're stressed out from like competing, like my athletes were, it, it may not behoove you to go in and crush a three rep max on a back squat <laughs> might, might, might not work out so well. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's understanding that. Right. So, so I think there's a difference between, you know, noticing that you're, you're stressed out in all these different areas versus just like, I'm lazy. Mm. I think there's a big difference there because there are moments where I wake up and I'm like, yeah, I really don't feel like doing this today. And I'll get into the gym. I'll start feeling some stuff out. And if I'm truly stressed out from other things going on in my life, I'm still going to move. Don't get me wrong. I just, I'm just going to tone down the volume a little bit. Right. And, and, you know, volume of the workout, but like the intensity, maybe not do as many reps, maybe not do as much weight, but I'm still moving my body. I'm still staying committed to that process. And then I still try to find other ways to challenge myself. Like my whole endeavor with the splits was just because I was an athlete my whole life. I never trained that. And I was like, this mm. is kind of a cool skill to learn. And it was fucking hard. And it was learning a new movement practice. Same thing with me starting jujitsu last year. I was, I did a little dabble in a little bit of wrestling in high school, but this was new. This was hard It was a different movement practice. My body wasn't used to, I could be a white belt literally again in something different. And now I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh, the Machu Picchu trail with Kyle actually in beginning of September. And then my dumbass thought it'd be a great idea to commit to a rim to rim to rim in the grand Canyon three weeks later. So I've got, <laughs> I am very much training endurance. How long, how long of a hike well. is that? 42 miles. And we're going to do it in one day. So we're going to start at 3 a.m. and hopefully get done by 6 p.m. It's moving. You're so. a monster, dude. <laughs> but once it. again, challenging. It gives purpose. 
am I, what am I working out for? Why am I training in the gym? What is it serving me? It could be as simple as I want to look better naked. Yeah. That is okay. There's nothing in the world that says that that's a bad thing, right? Because to be quite honest with you, it's still on my list. It's still up there pretty high and it's, it's never going to go anywhere, right? <laughs> it's high on my list. That's the honest truth, right? Yeah, 100%. I want to I take my clothes off and I look in the mirror and go, damn, that's a sexy piece of man meat. I'm okay with it, right? You got to love yourself too. You got to be um, real about it too. Like, got to be real that. about it. And that's, that's totally fine. But then there could be these other things like, okay, what am I training for? Am I training to go hike the Machu Picchu Trail? with 12 other guys in five days? Am I training for the Grand Canyon? Do I want to compete recreationally in jujitsu? Do I, do I want to go do a weightlifting meet? Like there's gotta be some type of, some type of goal there. Otherwise you're going to find yourself falling off. That's why so many people quit. There's nothing driving mm. them mm. behind it. Right. And I think that's part of like the question that you asked of like, do I find myself getting up and not want to do something? No, because I know that one, it's important to keep moving the body, but then, Two, I had these goals that I want to hit. There's something behind it driving me there. Right? It makes sense. Yeah. Fired up, baby. Let's go. <laughs> um, dude, I it's crazy how fast time goes. But man, I just want yeah. to thank you, dude, for hopping on, man, and um yeah. delivering your expertise, your knowledge. And where can people yeah. find you? Where can people watch your journey? Where can they go to your clinic? And if they if they need some coaching mm -hmm. around feeling good and, and finding that balance in their body, where can yeah. they go? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're if you're in the Phoenix area or you want to fly into the Phoenix area. Uh, my clinic is up in Scottsdale, um, pretty close to where you're living now. It's off of 90th and Shea. It's called Ruta in Movement. we got a full-fledged gym and work with a naturopath. we got all the different modalities and everything up there too. So blood work and anything you need from that area is also available uh, in, in conjunction with the movement side of things. And it's got strength conditioning coaches and the whole nine. Uh, but I'm also very prolific on the Instagram worlds. So that's where you can see a lot of the crazy antics that I'm getting, getting into here. Uh, both domestically with what I'm doing with my own training, uh, the training I do with my athletes. But then when I travel overseas with our Olympic teams, it's it's pretty cool. Like it's pretty cool to, to see what's going on um, from a cultural standpoint in, in all these different nations that I feel very blessed and grateful to be able uh, to travel to as well. And then rootitandmovement.com. Uh, that's where I house everything on there, right? All the different blog articles yep. and that's Free where you can sign up for coaching YouTube's. and yeah, all that stuff. Right, dude. And then movement, movement is an acronym. So rooted in movement, MVMNT, movement, vitality, mindset, nutrition, and training. So no vowels there. And but. I'll tag all those links um, yeah. in the show drops and the real cool. drops. And man, just and next time you're on, I want to do, I, I want to talk about all the different cultures and all the funny stories you have from all the different cultures. Oh, dude, we can spend hours, <laughs> <laughs> hours on that. But um, man, I appreciate you. I'm grateful for your time. Yeah. I'm grateful for who you are in the world. I'm grateful that you're a friend. And um no. Uh, just honor you, dude. Thank you for hopping on. Oh, thank you so much. Can't wait to do this again.